Welcome to episode two of Behind the Membership. On today's episode, I am talking with Colin Gray from The Podcast Host. And one of the things that Colin shares in this podcast is how his first version of his membership site didn't actually work. And Colin's really upfront and open about what he actually did to pivot from his initial membership to his new successful membership that he's currently running. Your membership not going as well as you expected is probably a lot of people's fear. And it's great to see how Colin actually dealt with this and how he turned it around to his benefit. Without further ado, here's Colin. Welcome to Behind the Membership with Callie Willows. Real people, real stories, real memberships. Today, I'm joined by Colin Gray, podcast host extraordinaire from thepodcasthost.com. Thanks so much for joining me today, Colin. And I'm not going to lie, I'm feeling the pressure a little bit about having a podcast expert on the show, Um, but I'm looking forward to hearing more about your membership site. Not at all. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. (laughs) It's great to talk with you. So I actually want to dive straight in. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your membership, what it offers, who it's for? Yeah, no worries. I mean, it kind of, I suppose it goes back to our, what we did originally really, which was thepodcasthost.com. So the website that I run, um, which goes back five or six years now, we've been writing about how to podcast everything from, well, it started out as a really geeky kind of equipment review blog, really, uh, writing about all the shiny things that I was discovering in my podcasting journey from mics to mixers to digital recorders. And the site grew up around that kind of techie side of things and expanded into really how you, the, the wider world of podcasting. So um, how you launch a show, how you build a website around it, how you monetize it, how you grow an audience, all that kind of stuff, all the skills you need as a podcast. So that site grew up around all that free content, really. It was all blogs, it was podcasts, it was video. And we got quite a big audience around that and we were monetizing it only through uh, affiliate and sponsorship income really up until the start of this year and it was around that point I kind of uh, you know it's always a bit it's always a bit dodgy relying on things like sponsorship and affiliate income it relies pretty heavily on your google rankings that type of stuff and it jitters up and down and you get months where it's like down by 20 percent you're like oh is this the start of a big decline or something so that was really what got me into thinking about the more long-term income strategies and memberships obviously came up as a, a big part of this i met mike um last year for the I can't remember no it was two years ago wasn't it and he was telling me a little bit about what you guys are working on and there was a few other people I knew at the time starting up memberships too and I was actually I was initially really reluctant to get into the whole membership game because I, I have to admit I quite like the whole um, affiliate type approach because it's it's so little work yeah. <laughs> to be honest I'm lazy I don't like any work uh, whereas a membership really there's a, there's a lot of work has to go into it it's not half as passive but I do love people, um, helping people. I'm a teacher by background, so I enjoy the teaching side of things. Uh, we created a lot of online courses and it just became natural, actually, that we did it. So we started the Podcast Host Academy, which is really, a, I see it as a, almost a premium upgrade to our free content. Uh, we've got lots of courses in there which lead on from the free content. It's kind of gone in much more deep, uh, lots more context, you know, specific setups, videos, how-tos, and really a lot of tasks as well, actually, a lot of activity and tasks and questions 
that get people doing stuff. Uh, and we also do live support in there as well. So people that have, like we get with podcasts in particular, we got a lot of, um, so this is exactly where I sit and I have three people sitting around here and we have this recorder and those microphones. How does this all go together? And it's like, it's no use to anyone apart from this one person. So really it's, it's been able to help people like that as well because they can come into our live support now and ask those questions. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's the approach. It's really the courses, the live support, and it, it's that upgrade approach to our main free content. That sounds great. And how are you? Um, I love the idea of that live support because, as you said, it's something where questions are very specific to mm. the person a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. How are you actually running that? Is that through like a, a community or is that done separately? It is. It's through, uh, well, actually, it's through Zoom, actually. Same way we're okay. recording this, isn't it? Um, I have uh, a live events page on the membership site. Uh, it lists the upcoming four sessions. We do them every fortnight. So every two weeks, we do a live session. I alternate with uh, Matthew. So Matthew's um, my sort of second in command at the podcast host. So uh, he does uh, a daily one around four o'clock every month. And I do a, an evening one at about nine o'clock every month. And we alternate that. So we have them listed in there and it's always the same zoom link so people just click on the zoom link when the time comes along they can join in and we just have a conversation that way awesome yeah and do you have a, a community as well alongside of of that or is it mainly content focused and the live support yeah so this is something i've i've debated over a lot in the last six months since i first tried to launch it back in december I, I did launch it initially thinking it would be a full-on community type approach whereby we'd have forums and I, I put forums in there um, under Mike's recommendation. Well, that endures. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's recommendation to put in. Um, you talk about IP board. It's a really good yeah. solution for that. Uh, so I put IP board into the system, started working with that. And really, I think, the, so the first iteration of the, of the membership, there were a few problems with it. Um, one of which was the fact that there's a good bit of competition out there for this type of thing. There's there's a lot of memberships coming out now at the sort of forty fifty dollar mark, um, and I thought one way we could differentiate actually was treating it like I said as a premium upgrade to our free content, and a way to do that would be more so have it as a lower cost, higher volume membership approach. So I started thinking about ways to try and actually cut down the time that it would take for us to maintain it to allow us to go in at that lower price point. And the forum was actually the first thing that occurred to me, really. So that was when I went to the live sessions approach. I thought, we'll do what we'll do is we'll do the live session every two weeks. So there's an hour there where Matthew and I are allocating an hour of our time to go in and help people build a bit of camaraderie about a community around that and actually we'll cut out the forum entirely and that'll cut down a lot of the the support time because as you know cali forums take a long time to to maintain um and especially in the early days they're actually quite often a bit of a liability anyway because they're so quiet and they can kind of they can look a bit bad but we put it in there and i left it there and even when i relaunched it I, i kept debating over whether to remove it and actually, in the last few weeks, even the last um, four weeks, actually, it's totally kicked off in terms of the con- conversations, the communities that are going on in there. Um, people actually talking to each other now, as opposed to just to us. Uh, and so I'm kind of, I'm going back and forth right now. I haven't made a decision really on what we're going to do. But yeah, to answer your question, really, the live support is the main thing that I concentrate on in terms of the community right now. But there is a forum there within the membership, which... Uh, may or may not be around forever but actually right now it looks like I'm veering towards keeping it actually and starting to build that out again because it's just it's doing really well it's almost maintaining itself right now 
Yeah, I think when your community is kind of maintaining itself, your members are talking with each other and your time can be spent on that live support and things as opposed to in the community every day, then it's definitely... Uh, you know, more of a bonus than if you're having to post a lot yourself to get that engagement going and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I put it in there basically because every other membership has it. <laughs> in the early days, I was I was being very unimaginative and just basically copying everyone else's membership sites, that, you know, courses, resources, community and live events. And that's basically what everyone does. Um, but it was when I started working on it and that kind of first iteration of it didn't do very well. It didn't sell very well. Um, like I said about competition, all sorts of different reasons. Um, it's a, a couple of mistakes from us as well in terms of the branding. But when I relaunched, I really thought, thought do you know what, what do I actually want to do? What do I want this membership to be? Not just to help our audience. Obviously, that's the biggest part of it is to help them. But also, it's it needs to be fun and interesting for me and Matthew to run as well. So that's when I thought maybe actually we can cut down the time we spend on this, actually concentrate more on the evergreen resources as opposed to the forum and stuff like that. So yeah, rethinking it just now. But yeah, haven't haven't certainly haven't got the last final shape of it yet. But it's it's definitely getting there. Cool. And so, how long's the academy been going for now? So that first launch was start of December. So that's what, eight months ago now. Uh, But it was called at the time, um, I don't know whether it's worth delving into or not, but it was called at the time Fan Fishing. So I tried to do a little bit of a rebrand for various reasons. Uh, That was the one that didn't work very well. And then we relaunched really into the Podcast Host Academy at the start of March this year. Okay, so still really early days for you in terms of of the membership. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that the, the Podcast Host Academy is only, yeah, so that's what, four or five months now. Um, and even before that, so the fan fishing one, we got in about 25 members initially. So yeah, small, uh, not that much work going on, going on. Well, yeah, not <laughs> not much support going on in there at the time because it was so few people. But yeah, definitely early days for us. Yeah. So when you, so you mentioned you had the fan fishing that didn't necessarily do as well. And then you kind of, you, you rebranded, reopened. Mm-hmm. What did you actually do to, what did you change when you, decided to pivot from that fan fishing to the podcast host academy yeah how did that kind of process work if that makes sense (laughs) absolutely i mean the initial idea was that i was relaunching it trying to basically widen our scope a little bit in that and not maybe not even widen it massively so we do podcasting podcasters are our core audience but learning how to podcast is like a it's a process. It's a techie thing. It's not a benefit. So, you know, you're trying to get your, your messaging out there. And really what we do is help people grow fans, grow a fan base for what you do. Podcasting is absolutely brilliant at growing fans because of the, the loyalty it, it creates, the personality you can get out there, the length of time people listen. It just It's a great medium for growing fans. But we do a lot of video as well. So I was toying with the idea of trying to be able to expand out a little bit into a bit more video, even sort of a little bit around other types of content too. It's kind of be media. But anyway, that was that was the idea. It was the fan fishing things so we help people grow fans. But it was just, it was a step too far. It was like the messaging just became really confused. The people that know us already didn't really know what it was about. It's like, oh, what, do you, what do you mean fan? I don't, I don't know whether this is for me as a podcaster, whether it's for somebody else, just, well, whatever. It just didn't really make sense to people. Um, so, so that's why we re, re, redid it. And it was, it was quite nice in a way because, like I said, I had just created it as a generic membership site. What we changed really, I mean, 
I brought the the membership site into the podcast host. So it went from fanfishing.com to the podcasthost.com forward slash academy. Um, so it was inside our main domain then. Uh, so it benefits a bit now because of the sort of authority our site has in terms of search and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's good. It means that it's much more congruent for people that visit our site already. So people who are already fans of the podcast host, um, they can find the Academy and go, oh, obviously this is for me because it's within this site that I already know. It's called podcast something, um, which makes sense. Uh, so in terms of the branding, that's really what we did. We just changed the name, got new logos made up and put it inside our own stuff. And in terms of the structure, changed very little, actually. Um, I basically copied wholesale the entire site. It was a WordPress site, took that WordPress site, put it into a subdirectory on the podcast host, and that was then forward slash academy. So that was just a, it was a new WordPress site in there. Probably not the cleanest, nicest way to do it, but it was just, it was the quickest and easiest at the time. And it's actually working quite well, keeping it separate. Um, and I, like I say, I was going to take away the forum. So I was going to remove the forum, but I was too lazy to do it at the time. Too busy, sorry, too busy <laughs> to do it at the time. Uh, and before I got around to doing it, it started picking up. So actually that might not be something I change after all. Yeah. So it sounds like it was more of a brand and messaging pivot than the actual membership content and things like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, this, it was the price as well, I suppose. So that was, I mean, that was a big factor that was, I was cutting out the idea of the sort of the in-depth support and community in terms of the forum. That was the main thing that was going to drop and that was going to take it down from what I saw as a sort of 40 to $50 membership down to $18 a month, basically. So I, I, I wanted it to be at a point, at a price point where we, it was worthwhile for us, and that's why I thought we had to take out the forum to make it less time-intensive, but it was still worthwhile for us profit-wise, which I think $18 a month is at volume, but I wanted it to be a low enough cost that people could see it almost as just a, something they could have on hand just in case they need it. So we've got all our videos, all our tutorials, all our resources in there. They've got the live sessions. If they have a trouble, some kind of trouble with our podcast one week, they can get to talk to us live within two weeks. So having that, just that support on hand when needed, I wanted it to be cheap enough that if they don't use it for a month or two months, they think, well, actually it's, it's worthwhile keeping it on just because next month I might need some help with that. Um, and I also, the other thing, and I don't know how, how much this applies to other membership sites, but we have a lot of people, I mean, we've got a really big audience that come along and use our free content, that read a lot of the blogs, that follow all of the podcasts. And actually, I discovered that a lot of them just wanted to support us a little bit in that free content. So we have people that have signed up for the membership that don't necessarily use the courses, the resources. They're just, they're seeing it as a way to support the free stuff that we do. And I've put that in as a, as a sales message, I suppose, on the sales page. It's one of the reasons you could sign up. So I wanted it to be cheap enough that that was an option as well. And 18 just seemed right for me at that. And it seems to be, it seems to be about the right point right now for us. Yeah, I love that. I love the the other you know people wanting to support you because I think that does happen a lot more than than people expect, especially if you're you're starting the site after having been giving a lot of free content for a long yeah, time. Yeah. Um, I think that's definitely something people don't think about. And I like that you've kind of thought a little bit outside of the box with the price point there as well, because as you said, a lot of people go straight in with the forty fifty dollars yeah. and. Actually, it doesn't need to be priced like that to make it a successful membership site. 
Yeah, yeah. I think as long as you, for me, as long as I'm thinking about the time that we're investing into it, so you can make it cheap. People automatically think cheaper, can't go cheap. And there's a there's a big mentality around just now, isn't it? Like double your prices, double your prices. Yeah. In some cases, that's the right thing to do. But in, in other cases, I think there's a lot of room for cheaper products as well, as long as you can make sure that you, the time you're spending on them is uh, is paid back. You know, you're not doing too much for too little income. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, it was something that went through my head a lot. Definitely. Um, so we've kind of touched on this a little bit as you were talking there, but what's actually been the biggest challenge, do you think, with you creating and launching this? I think the biggest challenge for me is trying to figure out ways to keep that continual value coming because especially with when I've been thinking about not really the, the often people talk about the fact that the community is the thing that keeps people in isn't it like there's that mantra they come for the courses but they stay for the community um, and I think that's true in some places not true in others but either way I thought I'm not necessarily wanting to build a heavy community here. So how else can I bring in value? Even if we do build a community, like I say, I'm thinking about changing that. I still think there needs to be something else. And that's sort of, that's a big challenge for me right now. I want to build in ways into this membership whereby people are getting something new every month, but it's not taking us a huge amount of time to do it. It's not a new course every month. And I'm kind of going back to um, some of my old teaching background just now, thinking about ways that you know, actually interested in initiating some curriculums more, maybe actually guiding people through things. You know, the, it's it's not a new idea, but the drip-fed approach, whereby you actually much more guide people through it. I think people rebel against the idea of structure and discipline and and actually not didactic teaching exactly, but um, but directive teaching because it's assumed that flexibility, that, that, you know, choice is always the best. You should give everybody everything all at once. But actually, in a lot of cases, that really scares people, it intimidates people. It's a big barrier because they see everything there and they don't know where to start. They, or even if they do have an idea of where to start, they see it as like, you give them a roadmap, here's the three things you should do first, but it's still like a block of three hours, a block of five hours, a block of two hours. Whereas if you can actually break it up much more small and, and either drip feed it or guide them through day by day or something like that, I think that makes it a lot more accessible, creates a lot more success and therefore a lot more satisfaction in your membership. So that's the challenge that I'm having right now is trying to figure out ways to bring those types of approaches into the membership and make sure that people are visiting us day by day, not just like popping in every two weeks when they need a wee bit of help, but actually coming in every single day because there is something useful that they can do in just five or 10 minutes. They'll grow what they're doing just by a little increment. Yeah. Getting people to, to take action essentially so that they're getting, as you said, those results and, and that success. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's not only what keeps them joined to your membership; it keeps them paying for your membership. It's what it's what causes them to evangelize what you do, so they go out and sell it for you. And I think that's what we're all looking for, isn't it? We want a hundred fans that actually tell everyone else all their network about what you do. Yeah, definitely. Nothing sells your membership better than people singing its praises, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, yeah. And actually being successful as well, yeah. like saying, singing their praises and saying, well, actually, look, I've got a £100,000 business here and that is actually in part due to this membership, which only costs you 20 quid a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so what's been your favourite part of having the membership? 
I um, I really enjoy the live sessions, actually. Uh, it's good fun just sitting for an hour and talking to a group of people that are in the, in the community that have these really individual problems and you're kind of helping them through it. And then when they actually start helping each other, that's really cool as well. Um, so that's definitely a part of it. Um, but I do... I mean, that challenge that I was talking about, actually, that's one of the most fun parts of it for me as well, is figuring out something a bit different to do. Because <clears throat> I'm really conscious of the fact that, like I said before, that I did create a kind of generic approach. And I'm con- equally conscious of the fact that so many other people are doing exactly the same thing as well. I don't know what you've seen, Callie, but like nearly all the memberships that I see these days are look exactly the same. So that's the thing I'm finding fun right now is I've got a list of about... 30, 40, even 50 ideas that I've got that are just little things that I could add in, just little ideas that I could add into the membership that I've not seen anywhere else that I'm bringing from completely different realms and different areas and nothing to do with membership or even nothing to do with business, but they apply to the model that I've got here. So trying to put together ideas and plans for what we're going to put in over the next five, six months that I think will really surprise people, will really um, give them a whole lot of... of, um, success and value and stuff and also uh will just you know help them be really successful too and keep coming back like i say day by day so i'm finding that really fun just now just figuring that out i love that i i I love it when you can experiment a little bit as well but i i am looking forward to seeing what your what your ideas are because i'm intrigued now (laughs) (laughs) i'll have to come in and start sharing them in your (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) then everyone will steal them Okay, I'd like to shift gears a little bit now and talk about what you're doing to actually grow the membership. I'm presuming your podcast is probably one of your best methods of promotion at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's something that's working really well for you? Yeah, so in the last in the last month, there's a bunch of stuff I've done that have been that I've been meaning to do for a while. Um, one of which, so our our blog is our biggest asset. I know podcasting is what we do, and I would never. I would never stop podcasting because the way it works for us really is that, and it should, I think the way that it works for the vast majority of people who podcast is that um, a blog acts as that kind of capture method. So a blog is how people find you initially because text is still the biggest search out there. Um, Voice is supposedly catching up thanks to smart speakers and the like, but still the return on a search is still almost certainly going to be text for a long time. So even if you do a voice search, it's still going to read out a text result almost certainly because until everyone in the world like speaks out their their blog posts. So text is that kind of net. That's the, the wide part of the funnel. That's how people find you. But podcasting is how you engage them, basically. So people read one or two of our blog posts and inevitably within one or two or three pages, they'll find a podcast episode or they'll find a reference to something, a full podcast that we do. And our job is to try and get them to listen to that because that's where I think we turn people from casual visitors uh, of our blog or even our videos into massive fans because they end up listening, they get a bit of personality, they find out much more about us, our values, our ethics, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they listen for hours at a time. So, I mean, that's the big power that podcasting has is that people listen for hours at a time because vid- video can get personality across. Uh, it, it can do that kind of personality work, that engagement work, but attention is still really short. I mean, three, four, five minutes on YouTube max. But you can get people listening for half an hour, an hour, two hours in the podcast. So that's how it works for us. Blog is the kind of capture and then the podcast is the kind of turn them into a super fan job. Um, 
So right now we have really good traffic on the blog. That's our biggest asset really. Uh, we get about two and a half to 3,000 people a day looking at the blog. So that was my first job really, was to try and funnel those people into the membership or at least put the membership in front of them. So right now, actually, the things that are working well for us there are, I actually, and I know this is kind of old school thinking, but I just, I thought I'd try it out. I put a few um, really simple banner ads in some of our most popular blog posts. Um, and funnily enough, a few thousand people seen it, uh, it, you know, every week and quite a few of them are converting into members for us. So since I put them on, it's literally just a headline and a button on quite a lot of our, um, our blog posts. Uh, and that's just directing through our academy, through to our academy sales page. And that's doing really well. And it's, I'm putting on there mainly things about courses. So, um, for example, the Audacity course, we've got an Audacity editing course, one of our most popular ones. So I say struggling with editing or want to become a pro producer or, you know, sort of the benefits led headlines. And that takes them through to the landing page, which tells them about the courses we do. And that's working really well, actually. Just putting those in to our popular blog post and direct people through that way. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite approaches as well. And, and something we, we do a lot and and kind of that connection between your free and paid content, I think, is is something a lot of people don't necessarily start doing. Yeah, and it's a yeah. shame because so many people actually just need to be told about your membership. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to absolutely. actually kind of yeah. be interested in joining. The the other thing that we've done related, um, maybe slightly less old school and more kind of context-based, is that I took our top what was that again? So the so the banner ads, maybe I said the wrong thing a minute ago, actually. The banner ads are on everything. So that I'm using a tool called um ad rotate. That's right, I think. But I can give you the I can give you it for the show notes afterwards. Cool. I think it's called ad rotate though. And I've got five or six banner ads in there, and they're basically injected into every single post on the site. So four hundred to five hundred posts we've got on there currently have those banner ads in them. Um but I took our top 20 posts. So just went into analytics, looked through top 20 posts and I went into every single post um, a couple of weeks ago. I spent a whole week doing this. I just allocated a week to it because I knew how important it was and just put in contextual mes- um, mentions to every single one. So still uh, some of our most popular posts are equipment based. Uh, so for example, our best mics article, I went in there and I found two places within that within that article to mention in context. Um, so this mic, I think is really good for this, this, and this. And oh, by the way, if you want to know the setup, how you set this up with a mixer, with a mix minus so that you can record Skype, then we've got a course for that in our membership, which is the Podcast Host Academy. Um, so I've got a couple of mentions like that. So a bit more subtle, <laughs> a bit more, um, you know, they are actually re- really interested in this type of thing and mentioning how the Academy can help them with it. So that's our top 20 posts traffic wise have had that added in and um it's probably not solely due to this but our 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 growth rate has jumped since doing that and adding the banner ads we've gone from a new member every week to at least one a day up to two a day right now awesome that's a that's some great improvement there uh, so, funny, it's funny what happens when you actually tell people about it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it really is. But I'd imagine as well that it's also easier for you to make that connection now that you have made that branding change as well. And there's that little bit more cohesion between the two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's um, like I said, that whole kind of premium upgrade thing just makes a whole lot of sense now because people are reading through it. And if they if they enjoy it, it just makes it's just so much more of a, a an easy link. Yeah. Saying yeah. if you enjoyed this, by the way, we've got a bit more detail in our premium upgrade or our membership if you if you want to join in. 
Yeah. And so once someone's joined then, how are you currently keeping members engaged and coming back month after month? I know you mentioned before there's some new things you want to put into place, uh, but what are you currently doing? Is that mainly the live support? The life support helps, yeah. So I'm I'm sending out an email every two weeks, which is a, a member's update. So that invites them into the live support, asks them if they have any questions in advance, and um, but it also points out a couple of new things that we've added. So whether that's a bit of live training that we've done, or whether it's a resource that me or Matthew have put in there, like a checklist or something, or a new course, something like that, we'll, we'll mention that too. So that helps. Um, I'm building out our automated sequence just now. Um, which is the kind of onboarding, I suppose. I've got it up to, I think, six emails right now. Um, and actually, I've just thought the next ones I want to add are around, because I'm thinking about the community maybe working again, the next ones I want to add are around how to get people a bit more visible in there. And it's just as simple as nobody in there has images right now. Like, I think maybe out of, um, there's maybe 15 to 20 really active people right now in there and maybe two or three of them have images on the profiles which makes a huge difference to I think to the engagement and even their names too like they all have their usernames as opposed yeah. to their real names so even I don't know that I have to go and look up the blooming linkage between the orders and the, the usernames and stuff to find out what their actual name is so so I need to do a couple of emails in the sequence now around that and I think that'll make a big difference actually because it it'll just put a bit more real people behind it all so that's that's the two things just now then i think the next thing i want to do is this this idea of a launch course which is drip fed and i think that's really important because the majority of our members are really early stage so far that might change over time but i think we'll always have a bunch of launchers um it'll be one of the learning paths and i want to put together a sequence of emails which guide them towards the elements of the courses towards resources towards live training and give them like a day by day here's five ten minutes you can spend on your launch today um, that you can go through and people would just click on you know a link in our, our membership and it would put them on a convert kit sequence for example to do that so that's I think the next big job for me um, and that might take I don't know two three four weeks to put together I would say oh that's awesome yeah I think that that kind of approach of giving people that drip fed option there um, can work really well yeah and yeah. you've mentioned um, already that you you've kind of got a team helping you with this it's not just you yeah 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 so it's me and Matthew um I I started a podcast host years ago now but Matthew joined the team about was that now two and a half years ago it seems a while ago now back when we he came on as an audio producer when we we're still doing a lot of client work helping people um run their podcasts but nowadays he uh creates more content than I do for the site he the two of us run most of our podcasts as a as co-hosts and he does a lot of work in the academy too because he's his background's audio drama so he knows audio editing audio production um, equipment inside out so he gives people tons of help on that um, on top of that we've got who else we've got we've got an editor so i took a journalism student on last year and he now edits all of our um our posts he's only part-time so maybe a couple of days a week just editing writing up show notes that kind of stuff for podcasts uh, and I've got an admin assistant I work with, with as well. She does maybe two or three days a week uh, and helps us with all the admin. Does a bit of my bookkeeping, but also does like uh, generally posting, like uh, if somebody's posted the website or little changes to the website, that type of stuff. Uh, oh, and I've got a designer as well. So a designer does a lot of our graphics too. Um, yeah, so that's that's about all for now, I think. Oh, and I, well, we've just taken on some developers for our application we're working on, but that's kind of a, a side project as well. <laughs> 
um just to, to detour into that a minute i'm curious with the i know you're setting up a, a SaaS app as well is that going to have a membership model behind that well it's interesting you ask because i think i think it's going to be one of our big strengths in both sides actually in the end so i think one of the things that SaaS companies i've found out struggle with is um you know the onboarding side of things the the fact that people will sign up for a tool but they won't necessarily know how to use it or even if they do know how to use it they don't need to, they don't know how to do it well so that they get success with it and therefore stay subscribed on the other hand memberships people quite often go in they learn how to do things but they still don't have the time to actually do the work and therefore they drop out of it and unsubscribe i think we're going to have a real strength here in that we can sell them as a package. We can sell them together. Or even if they're not a package, they're a really strong partnership because we're teaching people how to podcast with the membership. We're showing them how to do it successfully, everything from the equipment to the monetization. But it still relies on them actually going away and doing the work. Now we're building a software application that will actually do a lot of the work for them. So it's designed to take a raw audio file or a couple of raw audio files and turn that automatically into a branded, processed podcast and publish it for them too. So it takes so much of the pains away out of podcasting. Um, so I think it's a natural upgrade for people who join the membership because we're going to show them how and here's something that can help you do it. Um, but on, on, on the other hand, with the SaaS application as well, people will come along thinking, um, this is going to solve some of my problems with podcasting. But we can then say, oh, by the way, for an extra, what, 10, 20, 30, whatever dollars a month, we've got this community here, which actually you can, um, loads of courses, loads of resources around podcasting, live support, all that kind of stuff. Um, it'll help you actually make the best use of this tool. So I think, I feel like the two of them are going to be a really strong partnership together. I suspect we'll get people joining either separately, but I feel like I have a feeling, gut feeling, a long way down the line that actually they'll just be one and the same. Actually, the, the application will be a tool as part of the membership um, and it'll all tie together. Yeah, it sounds like it's quite a powerful or can be quite a powerful combination there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, natural fit. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, overall, what kind of impact would you say having the membership, I know it's still early days, has had on your life and business at the minute? I mean, it, this last month has been a big change in it. I think the the impact that it had had over the six months prior from launching in December, it made me think about a bunch of stuff around the business. Do you know, what? it it made me it made me do a lot more planning because I was thinking more long term. I was thinking about diversifying our income, um, and the membership was a big part of that. And especially when it didn't do so well in the early days, it kind of made me reevaluate a lot of things around the business, what we were aiming for, what kind of business we want to run, what what I want my day to look like, basically, like what I want to spend the majority of my hours doing. And that's what made me sort of re-sculpt a little bit and go with the more, the less supported, the cheaper option. Um, but now in the last month, seeing the engagement start in there, seeing like one or two people joining every single day, seeing that it could become, or having it confirmed that it could become a big popular thing <laughs> has made a big difference to me. It's, made, it's, I've, it's helped me um, look more long-term in the business in terms of that diversified income. It's helped me sort of see that my projections I put together last year that they could actually come true and therefore I can take a bit more of a risk on the software, for example, because that's costing us a lot of money to develop and it was relying on the fact that the membership was going to succeed. So now that it's starting to make a difference, it's letting me, it's given me a bit more room, a bit more breathing space 
to do more with that software, do more with the rest of the business that I wouldn't have been able to otherwise. I think it's the, it's the recurring income, isn't it? As soon as you start to see people coming in and staying for more than just a few months, you start to be able to rely on that and it lets you take more risks, I think, because you've got that as the backup. Yeah, it's amazing how how much difference that can make just to your your mindset if you've been working with, I think you mentioned before, kind of affiliate income sponsorships where it can change each month or with client work where it changes each month. So actually, once you realize you've got that stability each month and that actually it's just going up if nothing if nothing else, yeah. then I think that makes a big difference. Absolutely. It's something I need to do a lot more work on actually is the, the stats side of things. I mean, I'm a bit geeky anyway, so I quite enjoy doing um, my KPIs, my stats every month, but I need to look more into the the projecting income type of thing, like working out my cost of acquisition and lifetime value and all that kind of stuff. My sort of true churn rates over six months, 12 months. And I can't do that yet because we're not old enough, but you know, three, four or five months down the line, I can start to look at those numbers and really figure it out. And that'll give me a real picture of, you know, what can I realistically expect to be earning in six months and a year's time? And that'll let me much more easily grow the other sides of the business and invest in areas that'll help us you know, do a lot more for our audience long-term. Awesome. And so if somebody's sat at home listening to this and they're thinking about starting a membership or they've recently started one, what's one piece of advice or recommendation you would give them? I would say, and I don't know if this is maybe obvious to everyone else apart from me, um, but make sure it's very closely linked to what you do right now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's that's the mistake I made. I tried to branch out too much in the early days, or I tried to make it, it was a bit too abstract. Um, the obvi- the more obvious, the better. I think the more close a link it has to whatever your audience currently expect to you, the better. Um, and again, that could be obvious to everyone apart from myself, but it's, certainly I missed it. So, so hopefully that helps someday. Um, the other one is maybe really don't just follow the, the crowd. Do as much research as you can. Like a lot of the ideas that I've found have been from in terms of thinking about different ways to run a membership you know different approaches is from looking around I spent a whole day one day actually just um, searching membership um, organization uh, you know subscriptions you know all sorts of things and I found not just online memberships but you know membership organizations that are all in-person live type um things that have great ideas around how they retain because they've been around for a hundred years so they've been working on this for don't think that yeah. online memberships are well online memberships are new don't think that memberships and subscription services are new they've been around for centuries so look back at the the sort of the older versions of them and see if there's in we can bring forward from there because i got a lot of ideas from those types of organizations even the kind of old cheesy ones that you probably love to hate like the you know like the bni and stuff like yeah. that <laughs> have some good ideas though um and obviously you need to adapt them to what you do um but certainly uh, don't just do the same old thing spend a good day looking around and try and come up with some unique aspects to your membership to make it stand out yeah i think those are great tips and i love that idea of yeah looking outside of kind of what might be common in your niche or in memberships in general and, and bringing in aspects from there i think that's a a really great recommendation cool Um, So what does the future hold for the Podcast Host Academy? Where would you like to be in 12 months' time? I would like in 12 months' time to 
I have I have an aim for the end of this year. So six months time, I wanted to hit 100 members. And I know that's not massive by any means, but I thought if we hit that, I'll consider this year a success. I think um, in 12 months, so through next year, I'll be hoping to get up to um, a few hundred at least, maybe four or 500 by middle of next year. Going on current growth, I think it's realistic as well. Um, so I want to have a really active group of people, a few hundred folk in there who are all helping each other out. And I want to have built in a range of tools as well. I want to, um, and I know you and Mike have been working on this, haven't you, with your, your re-release, like trying to, building in custom stuff. It's not just off-the-shelf membership tools. I want to build in things like, um, I want to be able to help people organize their interviews, for example. One of the biggest problems that people have podcasting is organizing logistics or interviews and things like that. If I can build little tools for them to do things like that, I think that could be a really big value add as well that keeps people um, engaged. So starting to think about much more custom stuff. And the advantage I have in that, I suppose, is that um, you know I've taken on a couple of developers to build our software, our, our SaaS application, so they can actually start to build little tools for the community as well. So I think, yeah, 12 months time, I want to have done a lot more speaking to my members to to figure out the real little problems that they have. And we've done a lot of that already, but do so much more and really try and create as many solutions as we can that just add these little incremental steps that makes it, you know, worth way more than the $18 we're charging now. And that's probably another thing. We'll probably want to be charging a bit more by that point too, um, but, but offering enough value to justify it. Awesome. I'm excited to see what you create. <laughs> Great, me too. <laughs> and so if anyone wants to improve their podcast or just find out more about you and the membership, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find our, our website is thepodcasthost.com uh, and the Academy, you can find it from just about anywhere on there. Uh, it's in, the, it's in the, the navigation part at the top under coaching or community um, or just put in thepodcasthost.com forward slash Academy and you'll find it there. Awesome. I'll add that to the show notes as well. And um, yeah, I think you're, you're speaking at Youpreneur Summit in November as well for any of our listeners that are going to that so they can get a chance to uh, meet you there. Yeah, definitely. Can't wait for that. Actually, looking forward to it. I'm not talking about podcasting either, so uh, a new subject entirely. Oh, what are you talking about? I'm talking about goal setting and achieving. Uh, so it's something like, like I said earlier, I'm a, a total geek in terms of um, planning and stats and all that kind of stuff. So I think um, it was around uh, stuff that I'd shown in the Youpreneur community around how I plan my year, my month, and my day, um, which is. Uh, yeah, it helps me a lot because I'm completely and utterly unorganized, disorganized person by nature. So I've had to put in so many systems and processes to force myself to actually take steps in the right direction. And with the team as well, like growing the team over the last year or so as well. So lots of stuff on this year. Excited to hear you talk. I love that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Colin. It's been great talking with you. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the site grows over the next year and, and all these different ideas that you're going to implement. We'll uh, have to get you back on and uh, see what you've been up to. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Big thanks to Colin Gray for sharing his journey with us in this episode. And if you'd like to hear more from Colin, then he's done a really useful episode of the main Membership Guys podcast, all about designing your online course information. You can find that and other links mentioned in this podcast over in the show notes at themembershipguys.com btm2. And of course, you can also connect with Colin over at thepodcasthost.com. Thanks for listening. And if you'd like to share your thoughts on this episode, please do so over in our free Facebook group at talkmemberships.com. 
See you next time. If you've enjoyed today's episode of Behind the Membership, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. The Membersite Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Membersite Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discount perks and tools and a supportive active community to help you along the way with feedback encouragement and advice the member site academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start manage and grow a successful membership website so check it out at membersiteacademy.com